I was about 15 minutes away from finishing the night shift at work, and there was a massive crash on one of the windows in the office. So I get up and go check it out. Someone has thrown quite a sizable rock through one of the windows on the front of the building. This is made especially weird because I'm working in the industrial district at 11.30 at night with none of the other businesses open. I get back to my desk and put a quick call to security to let them know and I decide to go home. As I'm leaving the building, I'm freaking myself out about it more and more and end up running to my car, hopping in and taking off. I'm almost home and I've started to calm down a bit when I realized... I didn't unlock my car before I got in. I'd have been unlocked the whole time. I do a quick check with my hand in the back seat for any possible murderers that might have been hanging around. But there's nothing there. Fast forward 30 minutes. I've called a friend of mine and he's out drinking so I decide to join him. I jump on my bike and start riding over. I'm doodling along the road on my bike. It's a nice night and I'm in no big rush. Just enjoying the moonlight. When I hear somebody riding behind me, I straighten up and stick to one side of the road. He passes me real slowly. When he's right beside me, he shoots me a smile. And I describe it as purely insane. I kind of flinch and I'm taken aback as he just rides on. That's when I realize he's riding my mom's bike. Needless to say, I sprint the hell home. When I get there, sure enough, her bike is missing, and one of my car doors is open. The back left one. I was driving. I had no reason to open that door. Let's just say I stay home for the rest of the night. This happened to me a couple of years ago, and it still gives me paranoia. I live alone in my apartment with my dog. He's a golden retriever named Billy. And he had an impressive appetite even for a dog. The incident happened on a Friday night. I was sitting on my couch with my dog, eating dinner and watching a movie on TV. Once in a while, handing Billy a piece of my food. It was getting late, so I decided to go to bed after taking a quick shower. I went to the bathroom without finishing my dinner. I must admit, I'm kind of a messy head, and a full plate left over unfinished on the table didn't bother me. After the shower, I got into my bed. I whistled for my dog as he usually likes to spend the night at the foot of my bed. He didn't come, so I just went to sleep. He probably fell asleep on the couch or something. The next morning I woke up super late, and this is where it becomes strange and creepy. The leftovers on the plate from the previous night were gone. That didn't really bother me, it was probably Bailey who ate it. I went into the living room to find him to take him on a walk, but he wasn't there. I called his name, but he didn't seem to be anywhere in the apartment. Now I was seriously worried, I am really fond of my dog and didn't really like it when he wasn't around. I spent most of the afternoon searching for him around the neighborhood, but I couldn't find him. I even called the police, telling them the situation, but they told me they couldn't do anything about it. Sad and depressed, I went back to my home. But when I got back, I found something that sends chills down my spine. It was a note on my nightstand that I hadn't noticed from earlier. There were seven words on that note that I will never forget. Thanks for dinner. I like your dog. I've never been more afraid in my entire life. The person who wrote that note had been in my apartment during the evening and had ate my leftovers from my dinner. How long had he been hiding there, and was he still around? I ran out of my apartment and called the police again. I told them that somebody had been in my apartment, and I feared that they might have taken my dog. They came to investigate, but they didn't find anything. After the incident, I hung up posters of Billy everywhere, hoping that someone had seen him, but I never saw him again. I haven't had another dog since then. A few years back, I rented an apartment from a friend of mine. He had recently bought it and had it completely renovated. He put it up for sale but couldn't find a buyer so I offered to rent it in the meantime. After moving in I realized there was something wrong with the lady next door. 
She was about 45, but looked much older. She would sit up listening to Kristen radio shows and talk loud to someone. Got to the point where I couldn't sleep, so I went over to her place and asked her to keep it down. She opened the door, and I got a quick peek. Her walls all had crosses painted on them in different colors. Words like Jesus and angels scribbled everywhere. The windows were painted black, letting no light in. There was damp, yellow-stained, 50-year-old carpets, dog shit, and cockroaches everywhere. No dog, though. I asked her to please keep it down. She just looked at me and shut the door, then turned up the radio louder. The next night, I had my girlfriend staying over. I wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow of a person sitting next to the bed watching us sleep. I think I'm hallucinating as I usually do in the dark while I'm sleepy, but then the shadow starts talking. It's my neighbor, and she's holding something in her hand. She broke in during the night, and who knows how long she sat there. You should lock your doors at night, she said, and walks out. The next morning, I hear someone making noises below my bedroom window. It's my neighbor, talking to herself in tongue. She has a plastic bag in her hand, with a rotting dead dog inside. It's hot as hell outside, and I can smell death from that bag. At this point, I'm scared shitless. She's obviously insane. I go upstairs and knock on another person's door and ask him what the hell was going on. The guy's as scared as me. Apparently she broke into his apartment one evening while he was watching TV with his kids. He got her from the couch to get a snack, only to find her behind his couch, staring at him holding a power drill. Come to think of it, that's what she had in her hand. This stage in, I'm basically shitting myself. I call the cops and they already know about her. Apparently she's a violet schizophrenic and hasn't taken her meds, but they can't force her or enter her apartment without her permission because she owns it. The only thing they can do is get her while she's outside. I stay up for the next two days, waiting for her to run out of cigarettes. When I hear her leave at 2am, we go across the road to the 7-Eleven. I call the cops. They have three cars and a special van over in less than two minutes. They restrain her and throw her in a van and drive off to some institution. And in less than a minute, it's like she was never there. I never see her again. I still have nightmares about her looking at me in my sleep. When I was young, I'd say 8 to 11-ish. My sister, whom is 7 years older than me, would babysit me when my parents were out. At the time, she smoked a lot, and my parents made her smoke outside, of course. So I'd follow her outside into the carport, which faced towards the street, and play around, annoy her and such. One day, my sister notices a car at the end of the driveway, just sitting in the road. It's a white SUV with a bike rack on top. It had the most tinted windows I have ever seen. You could not see inside from the side. It sat there until she went inside, and then it would drive to the end of the road and sit by the church parking lot and wait. Wait until she'd come out again for another smoke, and it would repeat this. Odd, but my sister is a brave lady and kind of just ignored it. That is, until the next day, while my parents were out again and it showed up again. It would just sit at the end of the driveway and just watch. I don't know what the driver was doing, but he was watching my sister. If I didn't go out, I'd watch from the front window and it would just sit there and watch my sister. She told my father he was a sheriff deputy at the time and he called the cops and made a complaint. They showed up, looked around, but the SUV was nowhere to be seen. Months went by and nothing. Then one day, a good nine months after this had all started, and four since the last sighting, it was back. 
It became a regular occurrence again. Another day, my sister was outside doing her nasty habit, and sure enough, here it comes. This time, we were alone as usual, and she decides she's had enough. She tells me to stay in the carport, and she was going to confront them. She started walking towards the SUV, and halfway down the driveway, she would later remark to us, I felt utter terror, like I knew if I went any further, I was dead. I was paralyzed by pure fear. She turned around and went inside. Finally, the family car was in the shop for some kind of issue, so we were all stuck home for the night. While my parents are home, my sister goes outside to smoke. I go outside with her, and eventually the SUV shows up. She told me to run inside and tell my father, and I do. My dad promptly gets his gun and starts briskly walking down the driveway with it in hand, in the direction of the SUV, but not level towards it. The SUV floored it down the road and peeled out onto the nearby large highway. My dad, being a cop, noted the year and model and distinguishing features. The scariest thing, the license plate had been covered in duct tape. We never saw it again, and my sister kind of shrugs it off now. A little background. I worked summers as a cam counselor in the northern parts of Ontario, Canada. On the day this particular incident occurred, I was camping with a group of 10-year-old boys on the same lake the summer camp is based on. So like a routine camping trip, we canoe out to the site and set up our tents. Me and my co-counselor, Mike, take turns supervising the kids while they swim, build force and play games, etc. We cook some food over the fire, sit around and tell stories, cook s'mores, the typical Canadian camping experience. Around 9.30ish, I tell the kids it's time for bed, and they head into their tents. We were positioned a small walk away from the shoreline, but still in the line of the fire pit. So the kids had gone to bed, and me and Mike are shooting shit by the water, smoking a cigarette. Just basically hanging out before we decided to head into our tents and call it a night. What happened next still troubles me to this day, and remains my go-to campfire story. We were both gazing into the pitch black night water when a small light approaches us slowly and slightly above water level. We speculate what it could possibly be for a few minutes before it comes close enough for us to see that it is mounted on the front of a kayak and somebody was approaching our campsite. Now it is important to note that as a camp counselor, part of our training goes over how to deal with stranger encounters in an environment where we are responsible for a group of children on public property. I was prepared to give the mysterious paddler the typical speech about how we are camping with a group from a recognized organization, and we were respectfully asked that they find another campsite. However, this person's appearance shook me to the bone as the light drew nearer. Paddling this kayak was a woman who looked to be in her 60s. She had incredibly long wisps of gray hair that were trailing behind in the water. Her skin looked like old leather, and her dead-looking eyes were tough to spot under all the wrinkles. She looked directly at me, and when she spoke, I realized she was missing most of her teeth. Are all your children safe in bed? She asked me, pointing in the direction of the tents. Not really knowing how to respond and quite frankly shitting myself, I responded by telling her that they were fine and she had to leave. That's good, just as expected for this time, she said with a smile. She turned her kayak and paddled off into the night. At this point in time, myself and Mike were legitimately very creeped out 
not only by the appearance of this mysterious woman who resembled a freaking corpse, but also her inquiry on the whereabouts and safety of our kids we had brought on this trip. Not knowing what else to do, we grabbed our hunting knives and sat by the fire checking on the kids. Half an hour later is where the shit started to get really creepy. Across the lake, a female counselor was leading another trip, the same age group. She sent me a text which read something along the lines of, Hey Sean, stop screwing around with us. This isn't funny. My kids are really creeped out. I instantly called her and let her know. I had just seen somebody near my campsite that seemed eerie, and that I was not trying to play a joke. Apparently one of their kids had opened their tents to take a piss, and seen a woman with a long hair standing with her arms open towards them from near the shoreline. One day after school, I went down into our basement to add some detail. It's an unfinished basement, which made it creepy. I always hated going down there because it felt like somebody was watching me from behind my shoulder. I was down there putting the laundry from the washer into the dryer. Once I was done, I jogged halfway up the stairs when I felt a firm grip on my left leg. I fell and began to scream as I was seemingly dragged down the stairs. After going down maybe two or three stairs, the grip on my leg was released. I sprinted up the stairs, slammed and locked the basement door. I still refuse to go down there to this day. This is the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. I live in the country, but not a desolate area. I had a decent amount of neighbors that were close enough, but there was still force in all directions, though. I was home alone, as usual, one late night, when I hear a legit scream coming from out in the woods. I went outside and entered my backyard with a flashlight just to take a look around through the trees. It was late and nobody was still up, and all the lights were out. Shining the light through the trees, I froze while the light landed on a tall figure, probably twice the size as me, and it had some type of long trunk hanging from its face that went down to its waist, almost like an elephant. It was moving in some kind of creepy march in my direction, although all I could see from it was blackness, there was no color to it. I walked backwards into my house and slammed the door shut, still looking in the direction of the thing, but it was gone, it completely vanished from sight. I still sincerely hope that what I saw and heard was just in my head. I moved to my dad's when I was 10 and didn't know anyone in the area except for the family my dad was friends with, a single mom with three kids. Luckily, there was a girl a couple years older than me, 12 at the time I met her, and we got to know each other a little over a couple years. We weren't close, but ended up having the same friends. One night, my friend Ra was hanging out with her and her younger brother. They happened to be alone in the house because my friend's mom was at work, which is where this gets terrifying and sad. Her mother has been helping this one lady through her work and got to know her fairly well. She found out her sister was in a mental institution and was let out recently. The night Rob is hanging out with my friend, they get a knock on the door. My friend thought it was just her mom, since she knocks a certain way before coming in, and she answered it without even thinking. Rob wasn't supposed to be there, and he took off through the window to his house down the road. He never thought twice about it. It wasn't her mom. It was the sister of the lady who her mom was helping, and she figured out through talking to her sister where her family lived and her mom's work schedule. She came in, and this is where I don't know the details, and I'm glad I don't. My friend's younger brother got away to the neighbors to call the police. The lady brutally murdered my friend a week from Christmas, decapitated her, and left her body naked in a bathtub. She even hit her head. 
They had to look through the presents, and I don't know where they found it, but they did. I wasn't allowed to go to her funeral. It was the middle of the summer, and my parents left for the weekend to go to our house in Cape Cod. It was about a two-hour drive away, so it was no big deal for them to leave me alone for a few days. My mom had made some pulled pork and pasta for me to heat up to eat whenever, and I had some money if I wanted to order a pizza. Things were all good. The first night I was alone, I stayed up till 3 in the morning playing Xbox, so I woke up really late the next day. I checked my phone when I woke up and saw it was a little past 1. I had made plans to play some hockey with my friends at 3, so I threw myself out of bed and stumbled into the shower. I take really long showers, so when my parents are gone, I go mental. I was in there for about 45 minutes when I heard the front door open. The bathroom is directly upstairs from the back door, and the thing is pretty loud when it opens. I immediately froze, since obviously I was supposed to be alone. I waited for about two minutes, ears trained and trying to hear anything, but I heard nothing. I figured it was just the wind or maybe my parents were home early, so I turned off the shower wrap my towel around myself, and slowly walk down the stairs to check it out. So the stairs to the kitchen, where the back door is, are pretty tight and walled in. So it's essentially like walking down a tighter version of this, but replacing the rail with a wall. So I can't see into the kitchen when I walk down. Even though my house is old as shit, and each step on the stairs makes a super loud creak, I still took my time and tried to be as quiet as possible. I probably took 45 seconds walking down all 12 of the stairs. So when I get to the second to last stair right before I could see around the corner into the kitchen, I take a little breath to compose myself. In my mind, I knew I was being stupid. There obviously wasn't anything in the kitchen. There's no way I wouldn't have heard another noise. And there's no reason for them to still be in the kitchen, even if there was burglars or something in the house. After sort of mentally chastising myself for being a wuss, I sort of chuckled to myself for being stupid and just normally walked down the last two stairs and turned the corner into the kitchen. Standing about two feet away from me, in the middle of the kitchen, is a man staring straight at me, perfectly still, with a massive smile across his face, just staring at me. The thing I remember most vividly wasn't the face or his smile, but his arms. They weren't just at his side. He held them in the strangest, most abnormal position I've ever seen. They were where one person would normally have their arms, but he had rotated them to the point where they were almost completely reversed, as well as lifted them up a little behind himself. I don't know why I remember this so much, but it's just the most demonic, abnormal position I've ever seen. Honest to God, I think I almost had a heart attack right there. Looking back, I can realize how fucking creepy the situation was, but in the moment I just took a step towards the guy and punched him as hard as I could in the jaw, sort of half slapping slash pushing him to the ground. The second I connected, I beelined up the stairs, dropped the towel in the kitchen with my heart beating out of control. I fucking sprinted into my room and locked the door behind me and quickly put a chair up against the doorknob like you see on TV. Almost without thinking, I immediately called 911 and nearly in tears told the operator what happened. As I sat on my floor in practically the fetal position, staring at the door, praying that the cop would be there soon, I noticed the light coming from the gap between my door had stopped. 
The fucker was standing outside my door. There's no words to describe the feeling I had. I was almost paralyzed with fear, watching the shadow across the bottom of the door shift in tiny ways. I stayed balled up, staring at the gap, praying the man would just go away for what seemed like an hour. While the 911 operator was asking, Hello, sir? Are you there? Hello? I didn't want to make a noise, and even if I wanted to move my arms to bring the phone up to my mouth, I don't think I could have. Eventually the light returned to the gap and I heard the faintest of footsteps slowly creaking the wooden floorboards as he walked down the hall. It was silent for minutes as I just sat there curled up, unable to speak. I heard banging on the door and the sound of two officers entering my house. I finally felt safe and I opened the door to two of them, standing there. Then I almost cried. Nowadays, my parents don't even leave me home alone anymore. Thank God and I check every lock on the door before going to bed. I still have nightmares occasionally, and my heart starts racing whenever I see someone standing still. But I'm doing alright. Even working with sketch artists in a few lineups, the police never found whoever the fuck was in my house. That sends shivers down my spine every time I look outside, half expecting to see him standing across the street smiling under a lamppost. I have no idea what he wanted, or who he was, but regardless, let's not meet again.